welcome to Entertainment Talk TV, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for the television that we choose to talk about. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today I have two co-hosts, uh, Bex is joining me today, how are you Bex? Hey, not too, not doing too bad, how are you doing? Not too bad, yeah, doing okay. Uh, Robert, how are you t- doing today? As always, you know, I am who I am and I am what I am, so there's not much change in that. Alright then. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good thing. Uh, yeah, so we're here today to talk about a bunch of different TV shows. Um, I'm going to start with mine, of course, all spoiler-free because we're talking about lots of different things. Uh, I've got six shows, some of which I've watched only one episode of, but we'll get to that in a minute. But I recently finished season two of uh, Sex Education on Netflix, which stars uh, Gillian Anderson um, and some other cast. Um, really, really enjoyed this second season. It pretty much sort of flew by for me. Um, it try it it you know it has some some serious issues in there some serious stuff in there and uh, it still manages to be really fun uh, it, it basically manages to be fun and have comedy when it's supposed to and be dramatic and you know have drama when it's supposed to as well uh, so it doesn't sort of it it knows what sort of tone it's going for and all that sort of stuff uh, but I thought that was really great um, yeah there's uh, even in like the immediate sort of 20 minutes of the first episode there's just some really really hilarious stuff um, so I thought that was really great for its second season uh, has been renewed for a third season um, so I'm looking forward to whenever that's going to be um, but yes lots of different um, sort of relationship stuff happening in the second season some interesting things going on there uh, some interesting twists and turns and revelations and, and some other stuff as well uh, particularly with Otis and uh, how, how his relationship with his mum kind of changes throughout the season um you get different sort of love interest stuff going on throughout the second season which i found uh quite interesting as well and the the, the thing the show manages to do really well in the second season specifically because there's a lot more kind of a bit more sort of people getting together and stuff like that and some of these characters aren't sure who they do and don't want to be with sometimes that can be really kind of cliche and bad and boring or whatever uh, but it manages to do it in a way that makes sense a way that still sticks to a a good kind of tone you sort of you you, you usually sort of know what the show's going for in its different scenes um and uh, i thought that was uh pretty great for its second season um have any of you seen either the first or the second season of that i've not seen any episodes of it but i've heard a lot of praise from from people about it i just never really quite was sure what it was if it's a because it's kind of got it's got elements of drama and comedy right yeah yeah it manages that pretty well so yeah i've never even heard of it i don't know which streaming service it would be on over here i can yeah, check that a, out real it's quick a, uh, netflix original so you'll have it on uh on there well a lot of the shows that are on separate streaming services over here wind up on netflix over in the uk so yeah no this is a like original original netflix show so like a Stranger Things or a Crown or something like that. So uh, you should yeah. be able to find it Netflix uh, globally. But really enjoyed that for the second season. Uh, of course, no one knows when anything is really coming back at the moment because things can't be filmed. So I don't know when the third season is going to be, but uh, I'm looking forward to that nonetheless. Um, but yeah, e- even as far as like you know some of the more adult characters in the show, like the the mums and the parents and that, even they get a bit more screen time this season. And uh, yeah, all just clicks together really, really well. It's one I I definitely. Uh, recommend all right moving on to a show everyone's been talking about which i regrettably watched the first episode for yesterday and ended up hating that's called tiger king uh which everyone's talking about at the moment i uh really hated this first episode i will definitely definitely not be watching anymore um i i wanted to just see 
see, usually I'm not the kind of person that's like, okay, let's see what the fuss about this this show is, unless it's something like, I don't know, The Wire or Breaking Bad, which are actual critically acclaimed television shows. With with this, it's the word of mouth for this show has pretty much just been, okay, look, go and look at how crazy Joe Exotic is, and go and look at this train wreck of a TV show or whatever. And usually, I don't particularly follow that trend, but I thought. Um, you know, if we if I get uh, Bex and Robert back on a TV podcast, it'll be useful to maybe have seen at least just one episode. Um, yeah, I it, w- one thing I was kind of asking myself as I was watching this is, well, first of all, why am I watching it? <laughs> and the second of all, which is why that Netflix doesn't need this. They, they really, really don't need this. And granted, this is this is definitely in the realm to me of obviously it's reality TV documentary type of genre. And uh, some documentaries have been really, really good. Uh, not much reality TV, though, has been very, very good in, in the past. Um, but, uh, yeah, this goes more along the lines of uh, more along the lines of, of that. And I sort of look at this and think, okay, this was probably quite cheap for Netflix to make because there's not really much sort of going on there. You, you're filming a documentary. Like, there's, you know, you don't, you don't need any big sort of CG, Stranger Things level type of stuff. But... Um, and maybe for Netflix, this is like a nothing kind of addition. Like they can still work on, you know, new season of Stranger Things or next season of The Crown or next season of Ozark. They're more big, critically critically acclaimed uh, shows. But um, yeah, I mean, this for uh, up until that too hot to handle thing came out, this was pretty much because they like that Netflix likes to have one of their you know new shows sort of front and center when you basically log in. It's their you know thing they want you to watch, uh, which has been replaced by the too hot to handle thing. Um, but yeah, Tiger King was that for a while. Loads and loads of people were talking about it when it ca- when it came out. And part of me doesn't really understand the mentality of okay, I'm going to watch this TV show because it's a train wreck. For me, it was more like I'm going to be doing a TV podcast soon. I'll check in with an episode, kind of thing. Uh, so that was sort of how I consumed that. But uh, yeah, like I said, hated it. Definitely, definitely not going to watch any more of it. Um, Bex, have you heard of this show at all? I've heard of it. It's impossible to avoid hearing about this show. It's absolutely everywhere. But to me, like the more I heard about it, the more it just seemed to be offering a platform for what seemed like some absolutely terrible human beings to get their five minutes of fame. And I didn't really want to add to the viewing figures for that because it isn't the kind of programming I want to encourage. And they, from everything I've heard from everyone talking about it, you're basically watching it to see the horrible people be horrible and that isn't my kind of entertainment. It more just kind of makes me feel depressed that people like that actually exist in the world. The same with Too Hot to Handle, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't want to watch that. And the fact that every time I log into Netflix, up right front and centre is this massive advert for it that makes me just mute the tab immediately. <laughs> um, and I just, that kind of TV, I don't really enjoy Car Crash TV in general. I know some people really like find it comedic and stuff, but um yeah, for me, generally, it just reminds me that there are some really terrible, vacuous, awful people on this planet, or at least people who are exaggerating and pretending to be so when the cameras are turned on. And yeah, I just don't really want more stuff like it. So I'm I'm not adding to their viewing figures in the hopes that they stop making stuff like that and bring back shows that I actually think are, are worth the, uh, the airtime. Air Definitely. Yeah. Um, Robert, you said you watched... I can't remember how much you said you watched of this. No, I... When uh, Bex was on the last TV talk we did, I mentioned that I had finished the original um, seven-episode run. They did add another episode to it, but that's kind of a throwaway episode where Joel McHale interviews a bunch of people that are tangentially associated with the show from his house. And if you do remember, I never said you would like it. 
I was very open about the fact that it was a train wreck, and it was a seven-hour train wreck of horrible human people. But no, that I, I wasn't fascination... I wasn't yeah. expecting anything else, so... Yeah, but the, for me, I didn't like any of the people involved with it. For the most part, I felt bad with them, about them. But the utter fascination of when will the absurdity ever stop, and it never did, is what kept me in, invested into the end of it. And the ratings prove that. I've got uh, the EW website up. Uh, first 10 days of that show being on Netflix garnered 34.3 million unique viewers which actually beat out the season premiere of Stranger Things Season 2, Episode 1. That makes me a bit um, sad. Yeah. And it's like I said, it's like, you. I got to figure most of the people going into that were just of the opinion that there's no way that this level of absurdity that I'm hearing tangentially or whatever is true. And then they watched like the first two or three episodes and they realized it's understated how absurd and horrible these people are and it just never stops it just literally never stops um then there's so much more worse on that and the weird thing is is the amount of absurd stuff that never makes it to the tv show it's like i'm not going to give any spoilers but there's uh, a couple i want to say three or four a part of an episode three and a part of episode four that involves alligators because it wasn't just a, a cat sanctuary for Joe Exotic. He had a whole bunch of other animals on that. And there's alligators there, and then things happen. And they never bring up the fact that some of the alligators were owned by Michael Jackson. Um, in episode four, through the rest of the run, you get introduced by this Vegas slimeball type. And they never bring up the fact that a guy that sued him uh, for something, the next day had his house burned to the ground. Uh, there was a, they talk about Joe Exotic and his multiple husbands, and they don't bring up the fact that he had a previous husband to the ones that were shown on the show that's been in jail like four or five times. And these are the things that didn't make the show. So it's just the rabbit hole of horrible never ends. And some people, when you've got literally nothing to do for weeks on end, you just dive right down that rabbit hole. No, it doesn't matter how far deep you go. You just keep on diving because what else you got to do? Right, right. Uh, but it's certainly a show I can't recommend. Um, you know, I'd much rather Yeah, watch. I mean, if, if, you see the, if you see the first episode and you're like, I don't want to watch any more of that, I completely understand. Yeah. It's not like you're missing yeah. out on, like, The Wire or good, uh, Sopranos or anything like that. This is something you're either going to plow through the end or you're just like, click. Yeah, yeah, so... Uh, but let's move on to some fun TV. Uh, the Simpsons, of course, Disney Plus recently arrived in the UK three weeks ago. I've lost track of time. Roughly three weeks ago. Uh, it was the yeah the end of March it came around, so almost four weeks ago. Uh, and, of course, there is, I think it's 662 or 661 episodes of uh, The Simpsons. There's basically 30 seasons on there. I believe the show's on its 32nd or 33rd season on uh, Fox, of course, owned by Disney now. Hence why it's on Disney Plus. Um, interesting thing, I was talking to uh, my other co-host Barry about this off the air, and I was saying about how, just how fascinating the rights are to this show in the UK. Let me quickly explain it. So you've got Channel 4, of course, who is separate to Sky and separate to Disney. 
Channel 4, I think at 6 o'clock still, at least when I was back in high school, they still showed them at that time. Uh, 6 o'clock on Channel 4, they would show, I think it was just random episodes, because of course when you've got 30 seasons and 25 episodes or whatever a season, and they're 22 minutes, you've got quite a few episodes, hence the 600 and whatever episodes of TV. So you can just throw those on uh, one after the other. Uh, so that's on there. I think Channel 4 still rerun those, but I haven't checked in, in years, of course. But uh, they have them on there. You've then got, well, like I said, the 30 seasons on Disney+, Plus, which is the big back catalogue part of it. You've then got, um, when the new seasons actually come around, uh, I believe Sky 1 still has, I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there's a season of The Simpsons running at the moment, I'm going to assume that there is, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, Sky 1 in the UK, who again have, Sky 1's got nothing to do with Disney+, Plus, and they've got, and they've got nothing to do with Channel 4, so these three channels have got nothing to do with, basically, with each other. And they're all running in The Simpsons. One of which is, you know, can't really you can't really have the back catalogue on Channel 4 because it's a TV channel with schedules and that. Uh, so they have that on there. Disney Plus is 600 and something episodes. Uh, and then Sky 1, I think, has, you know, the weekly. Uh, I think it's on, like, a Sunday or a Saturday or something. Uh, they have the new episodes. And I just find it fascinating that that even happened because usually it's the case that like one one tv channel or something will maybe get like the back catalog for certain episodes and then a new channel another channel or the same channel um will get access to the new episodes basically that's usually how sometimes those those sorts of things go so the fact that three different things in the uk uh, have got it i just find kind of fascinating but um i when i went to just sort of check back in with the simpsons again because it had been i don't know five or six years since i'd watched it i sort of scrolled through the episodes a bit because of course there's no continuity in Simpsons you can put on any episode and it, it won't matter uh, just like a family guy or a South Park or whatever as far as I'm aware you might wonder where Flanders's wife has gone but other than that nothing really changes yeah that's the that's the one thing yeah but uh, other than that you could pretty much throw on uh, any episode and it will it'll be fine um but uh yeah so I sort of scrolled through this the seasons a bit and tried to sort of guess the episodes I've seen before and the last time I actually remember watching the season was seasons one through I think maybe 12 or something this was again years ago uh so somehow i ended up on season 25 uh that doesn't mean i've seen 24 seasons of the simpsons that just means that's roughly where i've ended up uh i finished the 25th season itself i'm on the 26th season and uh yeah it's just kind of fun after years away from the show and not seeing it obviously the show's been going well a, a bit longer than i've i've been born in that uh obviously but um or longer than than i've been alive but uh yeah it was just cool to sort of check back in with the simpsons again and that's it's just that sort of like Hey, I've got. I've, I want to have some, you know, bit of fun for 22 minutes or 25 minutes. I've got hundreds of episodes of The Simpsons. I've still got seasons. I uh, know it wasn't season 25. It was season uh, 20. Sorry. So I've still got, you know, nine or ten, give or take, sort of seasons, which is quite a lot. So it's sort. It sort of turned into one of those things for me where if I, if I'm in the mood for for The Simpsons or whatever, in the mood for just to see what nonsense Homer's getting up to or whatever the case may be, uh, I could just kind of throw one of them on, and that's a really good thing to to kind of have. Uh, as well, um, Bex. When did you last? When did you last remember watching The Simpsons? Possibly. I can't actually think when the last time I watched a Simpsons episode was, but I mean, I started watching it from season one, episode one, when those were airing on the TV, because that was back uh, 1990, 1991, um, when when it started airing. So I kind of watched it. It was one of those things you came home from school and it was Simpsons and then it was Star Trek The Next Generation. That was just kind of what you <laughs> did. Um, and yeah, I, I I kind of like watched them for like all of that kind of time when that was my routine. Then you kind of got to the point where it was just like The Simpsons was something that you'd put on when you wanted something in the background because channels were just showing like 65 episodes in a row. 
Um, yeah. But because they were always on the telly and they were just always playing, like I don't own any DVDs of them and I've never kind of purposefully sought them out. So ever since I kind of became a self-employed person with so much more of a varied schedule, I just haven't really made any effort to watch it. Um, mm-hmm. I think around maybe last Halloween, I might have watched some of the Treehouse of Horror episodes when they were on, because those are always classics. Yeah. But other than that, I, I haven't really paid attention to it in in quite some time. I always wish that they would um, jump forward a bit and age the characters up, because when they do the flash-forward ones to where Maggie is a teenager and things like that, those episodes were amazing, where Bart is a deadbeat and he's like living on his own, uh, or sometimes living with uh, Millhouse or something, and... Uh, <laughs> And Lisa's like sort of like working in politics and stuff. I, that kind of I felt would be a massively interesting direction to to take it because there's just there's only so many stories I want to see within the kind of fixed setting that they they've kind of kept it in. And I think that's why I moved over a lot to watching Futurama because it it had that progression. And um, yeah, I just ended up much preferring Futurama in the end. Cool. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean for me, like if. If it hadn't been on Disney Plus, I probably wouldn't have done the thing where I'd gone back to it. But you know, it was advertised on there. I thought, hey, there's 600 episodes. I might as well make some, try and make some sort of use of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, it wasn't the main reason I subscribed to Disney Plus. That's other reasons as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, I thought you know, it's on there. I'll, I'll try and at least maybe find us just finding a starting point. You know, because I don't want to start from season one, episode one, because there'll be so many episodes I've, I'll just remember and I would have already seen. Um, mm. The intro, obviously, as well, was one of, probably one of the most iconic um, TV intros out there. Uh, so I think it, it's really kind of cool to see that boot up as well. There's certain episodes that do like a cut version of it. They go through because obviously you see the Simpsons name come up, the cloud sort of part. You go through the I think it's the P, isn't it? The, the, the letter p you go through that and then sometimes it cuts to uh the car almost running home or over and then it goes to the, the couch gag thing uh so sometimes it cuts the intro a little bit but it's uh not too much is you know not an issue or whatever um, there's been a few people recreating the intro of the simpsons during lockdown as well yeah, yeah. so it's, it's become you know it's such an iconic thing that you can just recreate that as a meme and everyone gets it that's how that's that's how much it is ingrained in our collective psyche yeah yeah but uh it's certainly a classic i think so yeah uh robert what about you when when do you remember watching the simpsons last time well for the recent episodes not for a really long time i might watch like five minutes when i'm flipping through the channels Mm -hmm. but i actually remember its origin i remember when it was a cutaway animated short on the tracy ullman show uh tracy ullman was a variety sketch comedy cast show from uh 1987 to 1990 on Fox. I've been going through the uh, IMDb page and pretty much everybody that was on that show that was doing voices for something morphed into The Simpsons because uh, the main characters of the show itself that had the most episodes, uh, Dan Castanella was on there, uh, Julie Kavner, uh, Nancy Cartwright, Yardley Smith. But I was going through the IMDb page and I didn't, I forgotten because this is a long time ago how many people had gone through that as a variety show. I'm just going through the names on here. There's uh, Isabella Rossellini, Steve Martin, uh, Keanu Reeves is on there, uh, uh, Kelsey Grammer, Bill Pullman, Glenn Close, Mel Brooks. Uh, they all did episodes. Uh, John Cleese did a couple episodes on there. Uh, so it was a show that you look back over the history, it had a lot famous people on there but it was just kind of a reality uh, variety show you know kind of sketch comedy that was on like a 
Friday night, I think, if, I, if I'm remembering it right. I don't remember the, the actual day day that it was aired. Mm-hmm. It might have been Sunday, because Simpsons has always been on the Sundays over here, so. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, that's on Disney Plus if you want to watch that. It's also on Channel 4, and it's also on Sky 1, <laughs> apparently. So, uh, yeah, interesting stuff there. So, um, yeah, that's The Simpsons. Good old classic. Uh, something which I watched on uh, Stars Play, which I recently signed up for. They had a deal which um, expired at the end of March, so you can't get it anymore, unfortunately. You can still get Stars Play, but not the deal. Uh, it was basically £1 uh, for three months, which I thought was pretty damn good because it, it costs i think five or six pounds um in the uk or something it's, it's one of the cheapest streaming services over here uh but still good deal nonetheless and uh, one of the shows i checked out on there was doom patrol of course part of the dc universe in um in the us part of you know titans and swamp thing and all that 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 sort of universe i watched the first episode and i just sort of i it's I didn't find anything wrong with the show, but I just sort of looked at what the show was doing, which is basically these people who all have accidents and end up with powers that they don't want and powers that are both not really great either for them. And I sort of I watched the first episode and it, I I did enjoy it. it was it was good. I didn't have any specific problems with it, but I just don't think it's something I I want or need. I don't really want or need a show about these the people that who have, who have had accidents and stuff and ended up with powers in in the same way that these people kind of have. Maybe I'll go back and check out like the second episode or whatever. But it just wasn't a thing where I was sort of immediately like, okay, I desperately want to check out the next episode. Um, it was still good episode and all that um but uh yeah I, I i just looked at what it was doing and um because i'm not really familiar with the doom patrol at all they're a bit more of a uh lesser known uh dc group or, or group of characters or whatever um but there's some great cast in there and there's some really great stuff that they do in there uh the episodes are kind of crazy at certain points um I, find, I did find the characters interesting themselves and all that but it just wasn't something i necessarily wanted or needed but maybe when you know certain things go off the air like better cross was just finished this week uh in a couple of weeks we'll have things like westworld that will go off the air um so maybe once things go off the air a bit more i'll i'll go back to it or something but there's just there's just other shows i want to get to a bit more immediately and uh yeah it's it's sort of it's one of the things i checked out liked it wasn't completely pulled in but have kind of slipped away from since i, I suppose um bex have you seen any of uh, doom patrol I haven't. I would like to watch Doom Patrol, though. It's on my list of things that I've been meaning to watch. Uh, it's uh, it's one of those series when they said they were going to make it, I was quite surprised. And obviously they kind of um, soft-booted the team in, uh, wasn't it, Titan Series 1? And then kind of like went off into their own series. Uh, yeah, they, it's on my yeah, list of things to watch. Yeah, they sort of watch. appeared in the first season of Titans. I think yeah. there was an episode for them more. Yeah, they set them all up in an episode there, and uh, that was one of the better episodes of uh, Titans, which has just been wildly inconsistent. (laughs) And um, I I think that, yeah, my kind of like general apathy towards the the very bizarre choices that seem to have gone into, into Titans has sort of made me slightly more reluctant to uh to watch doom patrol even though i've heard some reasonably good things about it not kind of like you know it's going to change your life level of tv but i've heard it's a it's a pretty fun version of the characters and things um i read a few of the comics but it's not my my favorite comic book series but it is nice to see something about characters which are a little bit more oddball and uh not quite your standard mm-hmm. superhero type things so i'll get around to that one at some point cool uh robert have you i oh, know you haven't got dc universe have you so, but do you have any interest no, in the show? Uh, 
Kind of. Not enough to sign up to another subscription service. <laughs> I think it's like 12 bucks a month over here in the States. I'd have to wow. double check. I am curious, at, at any point, have they uh, touched on the, the uh, crisis event yet? Or is that still not happening yet? No, for that, them? That, the, the season one of Doom Patrol happened, I think, a lot a lot long, a lot um, of time before uh, Crisis and that. So that might, that might be referenced in season two. I'm, I think there's a season two on the way. But because uh, it's, still, I've only just watched it here, basically in in the UK, so that's why uh, that hasn't really affected that, basically. But um, yeah, that is yeah, that's how uh, that sort of worked out. Yeah, it's like like you said, it's about was it thirteen dollars DC Universe in? Uh, yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, but you you get the animated films as well, and you get comic books and stuff on there as well, don't you? So yeah, yeah, because um, yeah, over here in the UK, we've got basically the DC Universe shows split all over the place you've got um titans on netflix harley quinn is starting soon on e4 doom patrols on stars play um stargirl hasn't been picked up anywhere i don't know where young justice is um and um what's the other one that i haven't mentioned oh swamp thing that's on amazon so they're like all in completely different places basically so uh yeah bit bit more awkward to watch in the uk uh, but Doom, uh, Harley Quinn is starting soon on E4. Uh, David posted a date for that today. So go and check that out on uh, Geek Town. Um, so that was Doom Patrol. Uh, Ozark Season 1 was the next thing that I watched. I finished the first season. Uh, I'd seen a couple of episodes and sort of watched like a little recap sort of thing for the first couple of episodes. Um, I like this first season. I like this first season a lot. It is slow. It is a slow burn. Um, I will say that a lot of the stuff that they build in the season does relatively pay off in episodes 9 and 10 specifically episode 10 um sets up things interestingly for season 2 um i think jason bateman in the show is really really great um and like robert had pointed out i think quite a long time ago when you watched the first season because this this was in 2017 this first season i think mm-hmm. um and you i remember you pointed out at that at that time probably on some other podcast about how dark the show is and uh yeah when you get to some of the later episodes you'll realize why we uh say that it's quite a dark show so uh, you'll get to that when you get to that, I suppose. But because uh, we talked about that a bit off the air, didn't we? About uh, one of the things they did in season one that was quite shocking. Um, I yeah, I won't spoil what it is. Here. And you, you said that things only kind of get darker from there in seasons two and three. Yeah, it doesn't get much better. Um, and I'm not going to count this as a spoiler because it's literally in the first episode. But there's like at least five or six murders in that episode, and, and you kind of got to root for the guy that, that managed to talk into that way out of not getting murdered. But right. there's, I mean, it's not as bad as like Tiger King because one, these are fictional characters and two, yeah. Yeah. they give you kind of reasons to want them to improve themselves, but they don't, they're not good people. <laughs> there's like very, very few good people in it. And, um, it, it is super dark. You gotta, you gotta go that no one in. If you have any kind of things that you don't like, being up in front of your face, it is very much up in front of your face. Yeah. But I mean, it's very well acted. It's very well produced. Uh, the production value for like the sets and everything is is really beautiful. You can tell they spent some time and money on making it look great. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a bad show. It's I got about halfway through season two and just I forget what was going on with me at the time, but other things got in the way and it kind of fell off. So I'm probably gonna have to reboot and rewatch season two and then catch out season three. But it's. Uh, it's dark, man. <laughs> There's no way around to saying it. It's just dark. Yeah, definitely. So, and you've seen more of it than me, obviously. So, um, mm-hmm. what was I going to say? Yeah, when, when I first went to watch this 
probably a couple of years ago. I think season two was about to come out or something like that. Uh, and I checked out the first three episodes. And I think it was maybe the thing of t- too many people had said like, okay, this is like the next Breaking Bad. And I went in and I was like, okay, Breaking Bad is the best show I've seen. Still think it is. Um, and I kind of went in thinking like, okay, this might not be as good as Breaking Bad, but I'm expecting when you when you put that sort of name in the hat or whatever, I expect quite something. And maybe I just went in with, with expectations that were just too high because I remember for a couple of years saying like, okay, I haven't seen Ozark. It's to me, it's just like a I don't know if worst version of Breaking Bad is a way to put it, but it's just there's a, another show, Breaking Bad, that does similar things but does them better and that thing alone was just what had kind of stopped me uh from watching more of it but then you know season three kind of recent wasn't it like a few months ago whatever season three came out and a lot of people seemed to really really like it and i was like you know what i'll put the whole breaking bad thing to the side sure this i don't think the show is going to be as good as breaking bad is and still don't think it is um but uh i kind of went in thinking like okay just push the breaking bad thing to a side try and enjoy it as a as a separate show a show that's its own thing and that helped me to get into it a bit more. So uh, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Bex, have you seen any of this show? I haven't seen any of it, I'm afraid. It's completely outside of my uh, realm of knowledge, that one. Okay, cool. Uh, but yes, that's on Netflix, the first three seasons uh, as well. That's a Netflix original as well. So it's Netflix globally. Um, by the way, the reason I haven't started season two or three is because it hasn't been renewed for season four. So what I don't want to do is spend exactly 20 hours watching seasons two and three and then have the thing get cancelled that's something i don't want to do so i'm going to wait to see uh if obviously if it doesn't get renewed for season four then i won't watch anymore anyway but uh if it gets renewed for season four then i can go into into season two and three knowing there's going to be another one i just don't want to spend all that time on a show and then uh find out it gets cancelled so there's that and uh, the last show i want to talk about is a show i really really love um bex you talked to david about this uh on this week's geek town uh that's of course zoe's extraordinary playlist um there has been seven episodes so far in the uk the eighth episode will be airing tonight on e4 i'll be watching at some point tomorrow um i can't give this show enough praise um i think that when you when we i remember when we first heard about this show i think it was um maybe when we did like the pilot season uh podcast with, with david probably the year before or whatever um and it's basically that the idea is this girl called zoe uh played by jane either levy or levy uh jane levy uh plays this girl called zoe and she starts to have these like headaches or whatever she goes to get a um like cat scan sort of thing and uh she ends up with this power to where people around her not just friends and family and workers and all that sort of stuff but anyone um when they start to have thoughts um about just different specific things they break out into a song related to that specific thought now when i say that and when i'm i remember when i heard that at the time i was like that sounds kind of stupid but like you think about that sort of idea like the character just having a simple kind of thought and it breaking out into a song and dance it doesn't sound great on paper but damn as it worked really well in this show and uh i i i i sent david a um message i think i also put it out on twitter i was like this is my new good place uh in the way of like okay this is a show that makes me really happy it's a show that um even if i'm in you know good, good bad or average mood or whatever uh, it lifts me up no matter what um it's also it, obviously good place is very very different that's about you know heaven and all that sort of stuff and uh moral philosophy and that sort of thing so it's a very very different show but it's got the same 
it yeah just makes me feel good in the same types of ways but obviously with different characters and different things and all that sort of stuff uh, i think the music itself is really really performed really well uh, it's performed individually by the characters themselves um and it's the, the way they've kind of evolved that at least over these first seven episodes has been fantastic um i think if i look back on these seven episodes now the pilot is the one where i go okay that one's maybe not as good but the other six are, in are incredible so far um so uh yeah it's a show i can't recommend highly enough if you're in the uk it's on all four try and go and watch it before the episodes expire because they obviously expire after i think it's like 30 days or whatever so try and catch up with it as soon as you can if you're in the us it's on nbc so probably the nbc app or something like that as well i'm uh, guessing it will end up on probably hulu or something as well at some point but uh go and watch it definitely it's it's a show that um i think past the pilot hasn't really put a foot wrong and as um yeah I, I remember tweeting about episode seven when i watched it last week and i was like this this is a near perfect episode of, of television and there was in episode seven alone of the first season uh there was about six different points of the episode that just completely blew my mind and that's 42 minutes worth of footage so yeah really really just love this show at the moment um bex have you heard of this show i know you kind of talked to david about it on uh, uh, david loves this show <laughs> um, yeah i'm i'm like i'm intrigued by it because it sounds like a very interesting whimsical and um like just just a, re a reasonably sort of quite a difficult idea to get right and i'm only really hearing good things about it but i don't like musicals <laughs> <laughs> particularly there are a few musicals i like but they are few and far between so it's on my list of things that i'm like i'm not sure if i'll appreciate it for what it is uh but i should probably try an episode because yeah now you're pretty much raving exactly the same amount as as david is over on the geek town podcast so maybe i should bump it up the uh to watch list and just try a, a couple of episodes and see what i think now, don't get me wrong, I don't want to just, like, completely overhype the show and disappoint people, because that's obviously a possibility as well, but I just can't give this show enough praise, so... <laughs> <There you laughs> so, <go>. hype, hype, hype. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, Robert, have you heard of it at all? I know it's on a different uh, place over there in, in the US. Yeah, I've heard of it. It's on NBC over here. Mm -hmm. um, I'm on the side of Bex, is that I'm not a fan of musicals, really. It's one of those things that uh, I don't dislike them at all, but it's just not where i want to spend my time and that's fine um but you know it is what it is so yeah i would say to to encourage you both a bit in terms of the music stuff there is ways that the show manages it's not just like okay musical just a song and there's like dialogue and and stuff that that kind of ties into that so uh yeah just i god i love it so much um but uh that's me raving about zoe's extraordinary playlist i just I just remember when we heard about the show last year and I was like, oh, it sounds alright, this music thing, like, the thoughts sounds really quite stupid, but uh, it's worked out really great, so I can't wait to can't wait to watch a new episode tomorrow, so there we go. Uh, before we proceed further and uh, get to what Bex and Robert have been watching, uh, let's take a quick break, we'll tell you what else we've been doing on Entertainment Talk, and then we'll come back and talk about some more TV, see you for that in a minute. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right-hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, 
All you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, two other podcasts that went out today, uh, reviewing Westworld, for, so for Westworld uh, Season 3, Episode 6, this week's episode, uh, we've got just two more episodes left of the season, next week will be the penultimate seventh episode, and then of course the season finale the week after that with Episode 8. Uh, speaking of season finales, Better Call Saul, of course on AMC and Netflix, uh, had its season finale. Really, really great stuff this season. Uh, can't recommend that show highly enough as well, but that's Season 5, Episode 10 for Better Call Saul, and it'll be back in about two years probably so or 18 months maybe we shall see uh so there's that um i did some editing with some recent podcasts that me and barry did because basically we talked about a bunch of different topics in a bunch of different podcasts so i sort of took some of the individual topics not out of those podcasts but copied them if you will and uh, put them out as their own sort of separate things uh so one of those segments is my top 10 favorite horror films uh barry's very much a horror fan so we did a, a dedicated sort of horror podcast uh, one of the things that was talked about on there was my top 10 favorite uh horror films as well uh so you can, if you want to know what those are you can go and listen to that uh we recently did a big sort of dc podcast as well and one of the segments from that was our dc eu film ranking so going from man of steel to birds of prey and uh, excluding joker because of course that's not part of the DCEU so you can listen to that as well if you want to uh, one of the other parts of that was discussing the Batman of course the upcoming Matt Reeves film uh, that was of course rep- uh, recorded before the recent delay till October 2021 uh, but we talked about the casting list uh, Jeffrey Wright uh, Zoe Kravitz Robert Pattinson as Batman himself and also talked about the uh, suit reveal that we had from Matt Reeves some time ago so we talked about that uh, chat podcast talking about March which was Entertainment Talk's most successful month so thank you all very much for Uh, getting that to happen as well that's really really great stuff going into the end of april as well we're doing really well so uh let's keep that going uh one thing i discussed in the second half of that podcast was uh the virus at the moment the coronavirus uh some positive news you won't hear the you know death rate here on entertainment talk of course you can go check the news if you want to hear that stuff uh but also talked about how in some of the later months for the year now that things aren't being filmed at the moment how that's going to affect later months july august september october going into sort of the the late summer early autumn uh because that could affect certain things and what we could possibly do at that point so we'll discuss that on there as well uh, let's play sunday's episode for moss on psvr that's the second out of the four um let's plays that are going to be getting uploaded so look out for those over the next couple of weeks uh on the run uh speaking of hbo and stuff um because obviously we're covering westworld on hbo as well uh run is a new uh tv show which stars uh Merritt weaver and Domhnall gleason if you want to watch that in the uk that's on sky comedy so that's on now tv and sky and catch-up services and all that episode two goes out later today so i'll be covering the episode for that late uh later tonight uh so look out for that as well uh that's season one episode one for the pilot uh, last week on Gaming Talk we talked about Ghost of uh, Tsushima and some ally stuff 
going on with the game and the waypoints and things like that. We talked about Warner Brothers games and a cancelled Superman game. We talked about a new GTA which is in development which we won't see probably for quite a long time but uh, a new one is in development nonetheless. And we talked about Switch controllers as well because they're terrible. Uh, and uh, you can now button map the uh, Joy-Cons, but I don't recommend them using them in the first place. But uh, that's that, um, and yeah, that's what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Bex, what have you been watching lately? Uh, well, I wanted to talk about a few series that I think don't always get enough love, and uh, specifically, I quite like things which are sort of dark and evil comic book adaptations because um, that's kind of exactly in my wheelhouse so the things I thought I would talk about today included um, Happy I don't know if you caught any of that I believe it was shown on Sci-Fi over in the US and it was shown on Netflix here in the UK um, which is uh, based on a Grant Morrison comic book series and Grant Morrison is known for writing things which are uh, quite dark quite interesting um sometimes a tiny bit controversial as well he's worked on a load of stuff including uh, x-men and the you know doom patrol as you were talking about earlier so these kind of like quirky out there not always the most sympathetic characters are uh, uh, pretty much his wheelhouse and uh, he quite often writes things which somewhat reinvent with a very much more of a darker lens um characters that people know and love and happy is a comic book series that he wrote from the ground up so it basically only involves the dark evil kind of things and um yeah it was adapted into um, a series we have two series of it unfortunately it was canned after this point but each series has a a self-contained narrative arc so um it does all it does you know wrap up everything in the current storyline at the end of each series um but the basic premise of it for anyone who's not not seen it is that there's a a very much down and out very much fired ex-policeman um current alcoholic and everything else you can think of who suddenly starts seeing this incredibly chirpy irritating flying blue unicorn And it turns out this unicorn is actually his estranged daughter's imaginary friend and uh, tells him his daughter is in grave danger and that he's the only one that can go and, and rescue her. And this drags him into a crazy sort of I'd say redemption arc, but he kills a lot of people. Um, Mostly bad people and he isn't paid for it. So it's slightly better than he was doing before um but it is a a very surreal dark definitely not something you want to be showing to people under 18 um series um that basically follows this anti-hero type character as he attempts to um yeah just just try and rescue his daughter um i won't tell you who from but it's a it's a dark twist um, who has kidnapped them. And it just gets more surreal from that point on. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it is, uh, it's, it's, it's not a friendly series, but it is a funny series, if that makes any sense. Right. And I really hoped it would have one more series than it has. I think there was one more arc in it because it expanded so much beyond what the comic books um, had. And uh, Grant Morrison had a little bit of a hand in some of the ways the uh, the series got expanded because I think like the it yeah, I think it was only like so many comics long and um I think they got to near the end of the comic book run within a few episodes of the first uh, series so they got to uh expand that world into something that's um uh good fun very violent 
Um, definitely has mature audiences with a dark sense of humour written all over it. And um, definitely uh, something something a bit different than your uh, your average comic book adaptation, I'd say. Have you watched any of this one? Uh, no, I've not. I've seen it pop up on Netflix like the the couple of seasons or whatever. Um, it's it's one that it does sound quite interesting. Obviously, you possibly have to be in like you know the right mindset to watch something dark like that. Uh, one thing I was gonna say is um, yeah, that's just what sci-fi does. They make things for a couple of years and then just cancel them. But then on the odd occasion with things like Killjoys, they actually finish things. So, because um, I remember, I think it was recently David said on Geek Town about um, sci-fi was putting these two other shows in development. I was like, oh, I, might, I maybe would watch them, but like, are they going to be off the air in two or three seasons? Uh, yeah, so it's, it's... I was really hoping Netflix would rescue it for a third season because the viewing figures were pretty decent on it because there isn't a huge amount of other stuff out there like it i mean it's certainly a, a niche audience um you have to have a very very specific sense of humor to want to see a, a bitter lonely alcoholic um hitman team up with an imaginary unicorn in order to um rescue rescue a kid who hates them um but it it is it is dark and funny and it was definitely definitely gaining um some decent viewing figures so i did hope netflix would step in and rescue and make us one more series um but yeah so far we've not we've not heard any any hints in that direction yet okay robert have you seen any of this i think i've seen commercials for it vaguely it is on sci-fi over here uh, which is a a premium cable channel which i don't have cable at all much less premium um i think i remember seeing like a commercial for it on some of the streaming service that i watched that does have commercials when they advertise for other streaming services um but past that nothing off the top of my head really okay yeah it's kind of slipped under the radar i guess yeah yeah i've heard you and david talk about it like a couple of times before but uh outside of that also i'll see the odd mention of it on like a facebook group or or something but uh yeah like you said it's it's one that's gone under the radar a bit which um sometimes it happens so uh but what uh what's the other show that you have been watching uh, one of the other ones I thought is it, 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 it's, it's down a similar vein. Let's be fair here. Um, I finished watching uh, The Boys, mm. which is uh, another dark, funny, evil comic book adaptation. You can see a theme is developing here. This one um, based on the comic book series written by um, Garth Ennis, uh, who wrote a lot of stuff for um, comic book publications like Vertigo and stuff like that. So always things that are slightly on the edge. Also responsible for things like um, Preacher. He's worked on Judge Dredd, Hellblazer, Punisher, um, Hitman, these kind of things. And um yeah, as as well as that, he created The Boys, which is a series, oh, it's a comic book series, and also now a um, very, very well put together TV series that's over on, on Amazon. And uh, for people that hate superheroes, it is, um, it is a look at if you had people with superpowers and you took out that kind of idealism. And uh, I think it's generally agreed people think Garth Ennis doesn't actually like comic books, which is why he likes making them. Um, if you take out all of the idealism stuff, what would actually happen and the truth is they would have sponsorship deals there would be all kinds of drama and people cheating on each other there would be people who use their powers not necessarily for good but wanted to be seen as heroes by the public and it really attempts to tear down so if you have lots of like nice rosy childhood memories of superheroes and you don't want to have those memories destroyed probably don't watch the boys um because it is basically about a group of people who are there 
to try and keep these superheroes in inverted commas in line and um, it introduces all kinds of ideas uh, about what they would really do behind closed doors how having superpowers and your life being different to everyone else could give you um, superiority complexes or mental health issues or what happens when someone invents drugs that you can get these superheroes addicted to what happens when their sponsorship companies come in and say we don't like your costume we want to make you look like more innocent or we want to sex you up because that's going to sell more Um, and yeah treats them more like the sort of exaggerated celebrities they could be in a, in a very cynical real world scenario. And uh, you see a lot of it through the eyes of someone who's newly recruited to a superhero team that is um, in no way pretending to be anything other than a commentary on um, the DC's uh, Justice League. And um, you kind of see a lot through her eyes as she goes in slightly naively and then very quickly realizes what fame and fortune and responsibility actually look like um it's got a lot of points of comedy but it is also a um a a, a very dark series um but it is also has that dark humor Uh, i believe it's been renewed for um another season and um we're going to get another season of it and again it's it's good fun uh, but it is quite violent and it is quite dark um i feel i'm just setting up here with a with a theme have you watched any of this one uh, yeah, I reviewed season one. Was it last year? This this came out, I think, in like August or something around around that point. Uh, I did enjoy the first season a lot. Um, yeah, and like you said, definitely, definitely some big dark stuff happening there. Gosh, there was a lot of there was a lot of dark stuff, wasn't yeah. there? Uh, and Carl Urban just gives all of his moody, right. yeah. <laughs> moody, manipulative, edgy kind of performance as well in it. It's... Yeah. But uh, no, I, I I did enjoy it quite a lot. Uh, obviously, it's not your typical. Well, it's not even really superhero show, is it? Because they're not superheroes. But uh, yeah, it's I enjoyed a deconstruction seeing... thereof. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed seeing that. Well, it's the boys going after the seven, isn't it? Um, yeah. In the show, I thought that was that was great as well. But uh, yeah, certainly some of the even more so than something like a Game of Thrones or Walking Dead, some of the most violent deaths I've seen on TV. Certainly, so. Uh, especially one that's a bit early on, if you know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, you can't forget that one. Yeah. I no, take it from can't. that reaction, you've seen it too, then. Oh, yeah, and I've always said that it's it's a good mashup of, imagine, pro-athletes having superpowers yeah. and a combination of what would actually happen if superheroes, that superpower people existed in our reality they get agents and those agents negotiate deals for the for the superheroes to move to certain cities um to air quote fight crime Mm. and in that sense it was probably the most believable superhero show i've ever seen um but yeah there's not a whole lot of good people in there either a lot of famous people are uh in that show so if you like that it's definitely worth it for that yeah 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 a lot of people you wouldn't expect pop up on the uh the cast list for that one which is quite an interesting thing to see as well mm-hmm. uh yeah that's the boys it's on uh, amazon prime uh globally if you want to check that out as well uh what was the other show you wanted to mention uh i wanted to mention dirk gently's holistic detective agency which definitely is one that does not get anywhere near as much love as it deserves uh it's based very 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 loosely on the uh, the book of the same name by Douglas Adams, who people will might recognise the name of from things like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, um, and uh, it brings uh, it has all that kind of whimsy and things, but brought to a uh, detective agency that works uh, holistically. So the main character Dirk Gently just kind of does whatever 
and the, the the clues just kind of appear um and the crime will sort of just be solved by them not making any attempt to do anything but rather just stumbling across the answers um as nature kind of intended them to and um it's a very fun idea and uh, i believe one of the reasons that the show didn't get a huge amount of um interest and stuff at the beginning was because it is so different to the original book uh, it is effectively unconnected um i would say to to the book um it's it bears so little resemblance but it is a really good series in its own right it has some incredible talent attached to it uh, people such as elijah wood giving a amazingly good performance in it um samuel barnett who plays dirk gently took a while to warm up to the main character which i think is another reason that people didn't necessarily stick with this one uh, it does take a few episodes um to kind of get going and for something that's kind of as quirky and has like time travel and all kinds of other very bizarre things i mean one of the first things you see in the series um is that there's a, a dead person that's been eaten by a shark in a top floor apartment block and there's a small kitten sitting there um hmm. and it it doesn't you know it purposefully makes no sense at points uh, because everything has to be unraveled and work its way towards its conclusion. And it took a few episodes to get going. So it's one you do have to stick with a little bit. And then I swear to God, it gets really, really good and really funny and uh, really well written. Um, but just if you're a fan of the book series, put that aside and watch this as a as a, as a separate entity or you will become very frustrated very, very quickly. And um, the first series wraps up one case. I can't really say anything about what happens at all without spoiling it. But it's uh, it's very timey-wimey and whimsical and um, interesting. Um, they're, they're, it, it's not particularly grounded in reality. Um, Elijah Wood's character is mostly grounded in reality, but everyone else not so much. Um, lots of strange things occur and it all comes together to this wonderfully constructed bizarre conclusion at the end of series one and then series two is a, a whole nother plot line that goes into the near fairy tale levels of um whimsy and comedy um where they really really massively develop the characters on um from that point and they give a huge spotlight to um the sister of elijah wood's character called amanda and she becomes a primary character in that second series and the second series, I enjoyed every single minute of it. And it was a little bit of a shame that they took a while to kind of get going and then a while to get their primary character gently being um, as likable as he becomes by series two. And um, series two is just, it's a crazy show. If I told you what happens in the show, you wouldn't believe me. That's all I'm saying. You'd be like, yes, OK, um, that's a fever dream, Bex. That's not that's not a TV show. But you'll just have to take my word for it and um, give it a try because it gets more and more whimsical fairy tale and ridiculous the longer it goes on. I wish it had continued. Um, it only got the two series. It does wrap up the plot line um, at the end of series two. But I think that had a few more series in it. I think they could have gone even, even further with the, the character development and things. Um but it has great progression and the characters get fleshed out wonderfully and they live in this completely bonkers world that is existing at the same time as all normal 
normal life is um it's like this stuff's going on and maybe we're just not noticing it but they are through these holistic uh, powers that they have to to stumble onto things and um yeah I, I literally can't tell you anything that happens in it but um you you'd think i was just hallucinating that's <laughs> all i can say there did you watch any episodes of this uh, I haven't seen any of this, but uh, it's it's something that's, that's popped up now and again. Um, apart from, I think maybe David and, and now you, I've not heard anyone talk about this. Um, but uh, this wasn't this created by uh, Max Landis, the guy who, I think he wrote Chronicle, and uh, I think a couple of years ago he got in trouble for some stuff that he did. Uh, as well, I don't know the exact stuff that, that happened to him, but uh, I think he got in, he got in trouble for some stuff as well. Uh, but, um, I've, he's also had this YouTube channel for like a couple of years, which I've seen videos from here or there, where he does some, uh, very, very interesting reviews. I'll just say that, just the, the way he kind of breaks things down, um, and, uh, the ways, the way that some people have talked to him about Superman and about, um, Star Wars, and he's had some, uh, interesting reactions to those people as well. I've, I've never quite seen someone review films the way that he he quite does um he's got a particular mannerism about him not like not like particularly bad or whatever just like particularly just sort of different to uh other people that i've seen um did you know much about him um uh, not a huge amount i think this is probably one of the first things that i've seen that that he's worked on and i originally sort of gravitated to watch what watching dirk gently because um i'm a fan of douglas adams i very quickly realized that was irrelevant um there is a lot of the whimsy of douglas adams but the rest of this is very strongly obviously the the voice of um of max landis in here um and yeah i don't i don't know a huge amount about him from the sounds of it i should probably look him up he's probably a very interesting individual from what you're saying um yeah but they they definitely have a um bizarre whimsical um sense of humor that's all that's all i can say as a starting point and um anyone who starts a series with um someone being murdered by a shark in a top floor penthouse apartment um and there's like big bite marks out the walls is obviously huh. someone that likes thinking outside the box yeah yeah um i've not seen any of his videos for for a couple of years i don't know if he's still doing them or whatever i used to see him on twitter and stuff as well but he's sort of the last couple of years he's kind of disappeared a bit so I don't know where he's gone or if he's still doing stuff or whatever the case may be. Uh, like I said, he, he did something a couple of years ago or maybe a year or so ago. So maybe he's been, I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. Basically, he just sort of disappeared at one point. Uh, but maybe if you go and look him up on Twitter or YouTube, you might find some stuff. Who knows? But uh, um, Robert, have you heard of this show or the guy behind it at all? I have heard of the show. I know I've seen the first couple of episodes and it's very, very outside the box thinking it uh it's not that it's bad it's just one of those shows that you're you're so unused to anything like that that it's kind of hard to describe it in any other terms really hmm. um it just never clicked with me and which is weird because normally i like that kind of thing but for whatever reason the show just never really caught on with me hmm. okay yeah i'd say definitely it took them a few episodes to find their feet and it gets more and more into the out-the-box crazy and becomes a lot more lovable as well as the series progresses. And definitely when you're in series two, um, 
it really starts to find its stride and it's um, like watching a crazy kind of stage play with um, ridiculous characters and um, you can never really guess what's going to happen with it. But it, it did take a little while to get going and I don't think that that helped them um, because you don't really have time with so many different series out there nowadays to, 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 ha- to take a few episodes to find your stride. You kind of need to, to start off with your, your best material. And um, it's a series that gets progressively better and better and better um, as it goes on. But it equally is, yeah, it's very out the box. Um, it just, how do you even tell people what genre is? It, it's got adventure, it's got comedy, it's got fantasy, it's got mystery, it's got science fiction, it's got um, characters coming out of people's dreams into the real world. It's got so many different things that I found it was quite difficult for them to to pitch it and to, uh, to find their audience, I think, as well. Uh, he is still active on YouTube. He's called Up to My Knees on YouTube. He uploaded like three days ago and a couple of days ago. So, uh, yeah, apparently I wasn't subscribed to him or whatever, which is probably why I stopped seeing the videos. But, uh, yeah, he's got some interesting titled videos here. So, uh, go and check him <laughs> out. There, 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 <laughs> that sounds very... He, he just does like random bits and pieces, basically. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there we go. Uh, did you have any other shows? I, th- I, thought, I think it was three that you'd chosen for this time yeah, i like to bring uh three different shows that seems like a, a good a good number rather than throw too many at people cool um so robert what have you been watching lately uh well the last podcast we talked about most of the regular shows that i've watched um there are three that didn't i didn't bring up because i didn't want that podcast to last for like six hours uh the first one that's up is called stump town which is a mm. slang term for portland oregon uh, a lot of people are in it. It stars uh, Colby Smulders, who you'd remember from the Avengers films, uh, How I Met Your Mother, shows like that. Uh, she plays the uh, title character of Dex Perios, who is a retired Army intelligence officer that uh, eventually, you know, two or three shows into the episode, becomes a private investigator. Um, and it's one of the best portrayals I think I've seen on TV with somebody with PTSD. Um, she's not completely, you know, out of it, whack job. For the most part, she holds it together, but you know, every now and then there'll be a trigger or a memory will come up or something will happen to where she uh, isn't in her best right mind. And they do that in very small chunks and very small segments, and they do that as more of somebody trying to live with this rather than somebody who's been crippled by it. I know both exist, but it's nice to see, you know, a little bit different of a portrayal. Uh, Some decent names in it. Uh, Michael Ely is in it. Uh, He was in uh, Being Mary Jane. Uh, He did that short run of Almost Human when they tried to make that a TV show. Uh, He was on Common Law, The Good Wife, Flash Forward, Sleeper Call. So you'll instantly recognize who he is. Uh, another name on there is uh, Jake Johnson. Uh, he yeah. was on uh, New Girl, so if you're a fan of the series New Girl, he was on that run. That would be me. Also did, yep, also did the voice for Oxnard on BoJack Horseman. And there's a TV show called Comrade Detective that I've never heard of, but he did that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, uh, Michael plays a cop, and Jake is an ex-con that owns a bar called The Bad Alibi, which... As names go, I love that. Absolutely hilarious. And so it's just, you know, your semi very loosely procedural, you know, private detective show. She obviously goes to the cop when she needs cop stuff and she goes to her friend that's uh 
owns the bar when she needs like underworld stuff and uh, a lot of other names that are in it, but it's just one of those shows that it's it's very, very grounded. All the characters, you know, they all have their issues and everything's going on, this, that, and the other. It just hit its uh, mid-season break, so it'll be interesting to see where they go with that show because of all the things that happened in the show. But I, it's on the same channel that does uh, um, A Million Little Things, so whichever one that is on, then that's going to be one that you might... Yeah, ABC is over here in the states, but I mean in the UK, yeah. it's whatever is it, it whatever show whatever channel picks that up. That's probably going to be where you look at it. Uh, this is starting next week on Alibi in the UK, <laughs> which is a channel I've never used before. I know it exists, obviously. It's, it's one of them channels that just repeats stuff or shows, I don't know, old old films or whatever. Uh, I was quite surprised when I heard about that, but um, yeah, it's start. I think it's Wednesday the twenty ninth of April, if I'm got that correct. Uh, but at some point next week, um, end of April, it starts on Alibi, so that's where you can look for that. A Million Little Things, I don't know. I think that's maybe on Sky or something, but uh, yeah, that might be on there. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I've I've heard good things about it. Um, like you know, you've just, just you've just given it some praise and stuff. So I'm I'm very interested to to see more of it and to see Kobe do another role. Because um, although she's doing some you know some Avengers stuff and all that. Um, you know, she hasn't got, uh, How I Met Your Mother ended a long time ago. Uh, she was on another show called, uh, Friends from College. I don't know if any of you ever heard of that, but that got cancelled after two seasons. Uh, really enjoyed that show on Netflix that had, um, oh, is it, uh, Michael Keegan Pill? Whatever his name is. That guy? I vaguely just remember Keegan hearing Pill? about it, but I don't I think I've ever seen it. Yeah. Uh, he he's in that show as well, um, and that that was pretty good. But other than that, I can't think of a ton that uh, Kobe's done over the last couple of years. But uh, of course, this is this is a new thing she's on. So, um, Bex, have you obviously not neither of us have seen the show yet because it hasn't aired yet. But uh, have you heard of this show at all? I haven't heard of it, but I I have been wondering where where Kobe has been because I always mm. really liked her as an actor and wondered why she didn't have more title roles. I feel like she's someone that keeps seeming to get over overlooked for these things. So it's nice to see that she has something where she's going to be front and center. And it sounds like it's a good, challenging role for her to get her teeth into as well. And to hear that there's people from Almost Human in there as well, which is a series that I was gutted it got cancelled i thought everyone in that was wonderful and the series was had brilliant brilliant potential so um yeah it's good to see that there's obviously quite a lot of acting talent been thrown at this uh it's a little bit outside of the stuff i normally watch but it does sound intriguing yeah i was a huge fan of almost human that was a great show i really expected that to get at least three or four seasons it was terrible that they cancelled it barely after one i don't even think it, think it got a full season it got aired in the wrong order over here as well. Huh. Yeah, a lot of that shows get like that treatment. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't help, does it? So, uh, but there you go. That is uh, Stumptown starts next week, like I said, on Alibi, but is on ABC in the US. So, um, there you go. Do they keep like all their episodes? ABC? Can you go and watch like the whole thing on there? Uh, ABC is owned by uh, Disney. Disney right now mm-hmm. and they're partnered uh their partnership with hulu has not expired yet i don't know if that's going to continue with uh with disney owning their own service and whatnot uh so for now you can always see it on demand on hulu cool. uh, in the future if that changes you never know contracts being contracts what they are so i don't know how long the hulu contract is going to last but abc before they got bought out by disney was one of the founding uh, american broadcast network that uh, helped uh, get that thing off the 
round. So, cool. Uh, what is the other show you wanted to talk about? Uh, the other show I want to talk about is called The Curse of Oak Island, and it's completely unlike anything I've I normally watch, but I just keep going back to it because it's so fascinating. Um, it's a semi-reality explorer show. Um, basically what it is is there's an island off the coast of Nova Scotia called Oak Island. And about the mid-1700s, there was a treasure discovered, which prompted more treasure hunting, which, initi- which resulted in the first massive dig called the Money Pit. And the thing that the people kept digging at it, because every 10 feet, they would get a row of oak planks, kind of like a, a floor or a level, and they just kept going and kept going and kept going. And then when they got to the 90-foot row of planks, there was a stone on there with a weird uh, non-human-based language. And when I say non-human-based, it's not you look at it and it's not a language you would recognize. It's obviously some sort of cipher or code that somebody came up with knowing somebody else who was only part of their little group would recognize. So it's like a lot of squares and upside-down triangles and dots and things like that. So it's not like I'm trying to say it's like aliens or whatever. I'm not that kind of whack up. Um, but And then they got a little bit deeper past the 90 foot, and the whole thing floods out because there's booby trap tunnels in it. And ever since then, every now and then, somebody will make a massive search to try to find what exactly is going on with it. Uh, now, the show revolves around the brothers Rick and Marty Lagina. They first got into it from a 1965 Reader's Digest article talking about it. And there's been um, some massive digs. Like in the 60s, uh, there's a local guy that lived on the island called Dan Blankenship uh, who did some uh, big digging on it. But if you go into the history... It's uh, really, really deep. Um, there was uh, a corporation formed in the early 1900s uh, that made a massive search on it. Uh, one of the people wound up becoming president of the United States. That would be uh, uh, Truman. Uh, so, uh, some, And there's all kinds of theories. And nothing's really been confirmed. Um, the only thing that's really been confirmed is that there was some kind of massive human construction endeavor in the early 1730s um and past that it's just random things that they find searching um they found a lead cross that carbon dated back to the 1300s um they and then they took that picture of that cross it was a really weirdly shaped and eventually somebody recognized it from some prisoner drawings in france from a prison that held um some people that were captured that used to be part of the Knights Templar. And that's always been a theory that it's, you know, gold deposited from the lost Templar treasure. Um, and then they'll find like jewels, jewel brooches from the 1800s. There's been some loose ties to, you know, American uh, founding fathers, things like that. Very little is actually proven, but just the amount of effort that went into the original construction just keeps me invested in that season. And it's on its like seventh or eighth season. Nice. Uh, what did you say it was called again? Sorry? The cur- the Curse of Oak Island. Okay. I can't say it's one that I've uh, heard of particularly before. I don't know if it's aired somewhere here in the in the UK. But uh, it's, uh, I mean, it, it doesn't quite sound something like it's up uh, my street. But, um, you yeah, know, if you've been enjoying it and it's been good, it's got some, some audience or whatever, then uh, that's pretty good as well. Um, Bex, have you heard of this show at all? 
I've not heard of this one, so um, I don't think it's had an air date over here. Um, but it sounds like it's quite an intriguing, hmm. an intriguing premise, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that it's over here in the states. It's on the History Channel, so I don't know what that would equate to in the UK. Um, but there's always they always bring people in that have some theory that never really it doesn't really pan out because until they actually find whatever it is, you're never going to really know for sure. But it's always something that could be true. Uh, there's been uh, links to hidden codes in Shakespeare literature. Uh, um, there's Sir Francis Bacon and his group. Um, there's always been this clue and that clue about how to find uh, the key to the theory. Uh, the stone that they found in, in the uh, 90-foot level uh, was sent off somewhere else to try to raise money for the group that was digging at the time, and that whole thing went bankrupt and shut down, and the stone's been lost ever since. And there's no real pictures of it. There's only just like carb uh, rubbings on it so they don't know how accurate that uh, rubbing is um so there's a lot of a lot of theories a lot of things that they've uh, proven um scientifically of the sense that this was constructed between this time period based off of uh, either carbon dating or uh, tree rain counting so there's a lot of things that they can prove happened they just don't know who did it and why they did it so if you're a fan of like deep history obscure history lost history or unexplained history it's a it's a show that'll suck you in yeah and it's one of those things that like it doesn't sound real it's so multi-layered from what you're saying it doesn't sound like it could be a real thing and um yeah it is always one of those things where truth is so much more bizarre sometimes than fiction and uh, i guess as well when you're watching a series like that you don't know or they don't know even if they're going to solve the mystery by the end of that season or if they're never going to solve it. Well, see, the, the thing you got to understand is that this isn't something they can just do with impunity because a lot of the structures that they're discovering are so old as to go through like city council permits and government permits. And uh, two years ago, they were required by the government to add an archaeologist on the team doing the searching so that everything could be properly documented um, probably one of the most fascinating things is that the island in dead center middle of it has a swamp and that swamp forms a perfect triangle and one of the experts that they had on this year got some soil samples from the bottom of the water and they found out the, so- the, the uh, swamp was artificially created but it, again it is a swamp so you can't just drain it without going through like certain environmental protections and things like that yeah because it's a wildlife habitat you know and it uh, has lots of knock on effects yeah and also it's not like they own the island with impunity the island is in different lots and different people own it so you can't go here you can go here and there have been some fascinating people that have owned different lots on the island um i can't remember his name i'd have to dig into the the deep history of it and that's gonna take more time than i have but there was a uh, a slave from the American Civil War that fought on the side of the British. And after the war was over, he retires to that island and becomes a cabbage farmer. And by the time he dies, he owns like half the island as one of the like richest men in the area. And so there's always that theory that he found some of the treasure and things like that. But, you know, he goes from a cabbage farmer to being super rich. So yeah, yeah, it's always new those... cabbages of uh, the source yeah. of wealth. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's always those little things that uh, uh, go on that are 
can be shown to be true in the in the literal sense of this tree was cut down between this date and this date, or this tool was used for this effect or that effect, and then they carbon date it and they put a timestamp between it. So that much, you know, that's what's been proven. And then the why and the how is always where they give theories, but they can't give answers. Yeah, how is this filmed? Because for me, I I love these kind of mysteries and I love ancient history and I love all the theorizing and the stuff that goes with it. Um, but I mean, it, it looks like it's about seven seasons long at the moment. How is it yeah. filmed? Is it filmed like reality TV or is it filmed like a documentary or is it filmed like a mystery? What's their kind of approach to it? Kind of a mix of all three. When I say it's semi-reality, um, they do their best to not show cameras and camera crew. They don't want that to be the distraction from what going on there so in that vein it's a little bit of reality um it's definitely documentary because a lot of the stuff obviously didn't happen at the time they didn't have you know film cameras in the early 1700s so a lot of that had been reenacted for you know explaining what this is here is this here and there and this here and that and then they'll bring in like historians from that have written books on this subject or not specifically the island but whenever they find something that relate that they can kind of tie to a group um, then they'll bring in the historian that knows about that group, and then they'll just explain, you know, this was happening at this time based off of somebody not connected to the show's research. And then they're just basically, I mean, they're just trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Um, and obviously this is something that the uh, History Channel is funding a part of, but the two main uh, brothers, Rick and Martin Lagina, they do own a good chunk of the island. They don't own the whole thing, uh, but they do own a number of it. And the reason why it's called the Curse of Oak Island is that in the course of its uh, searching, uh, six people have been killed as a direct result of trying to find it. Not like, oh, they died like two months away, two months later after they found this object because of whatever. No, they were like, there's like tunnel collapses, and then there's a pocket of weird gas. And the reason, the other reason why it's called the Curse is that there's a legend that they never explained where the legend came comes from. But it's a part of the show title that there's a legend that seven people have to die before the treasure can be revealed. And six people have died. And they're on the seventh season. I see what they did there. Yeah, and there's been there's been accidents where you really shock somebody didn't die. It's like season four, um, they were draining out a borehole. So they do there's like one area where they think the money pit is because a lot of the landscape's been disturbed so they don't have the geographical references and there's been a lot of digging so there's always stuff coming out and they're the film crew is filming something while they're draining out this one hole and all of a sudden you hear this titanic explosion and they cut around because they weren't obviously filming the random crew member that was working on the borehole and a rock had gotten lodged into the pipe and and it was a it's a vinyl pipe but it's still a pipe under few hundred pounds of pressure explodes whips out catches him in the leg breaks his leg and he's like damn i was almost seventh person there yeah there you go sounds epic yeah sounds crazy so uh, uh, it's crazy but you know like i said if you're into anything revolving around history this would be a good watch for you cool there you go uh where is it aired in the u.s in the u.s it's on the history channel mm-hmm. um and that's but it, pretty much the only show that I watch on the History Channel because a lot of it is his, historical theories, but they don't rein it into what realistically could happen. It's like right. there's a lot of alien stuff. There's a lot of supernatural stuff, stuff that can't be proven on any level. This is very in the 
in line of what can we show, what can we prove. We'll say anything that's not is a theory, and then they just leave it like all the supernatural, mystical stuff to uh, unless it was directly related to a group that was involved with it at the time. So, cool. Um, over here on uh, Sky, they've done some like reshuffling with the history channels and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know which one it would maybe end up on, but they because Sky like launched a new one or something like that, or they renamed one of them. So uh, just check sky for it it might uh, be on there but uh, i can't guarantee that but uh, have a look for it if you're interested in that as well um was there one other show you were going to mention yeah there's a show that is just starting up over in the uk but it's been in its third season over here it's called the masked singer mm. and basically what it is it's a celebrity singing competition but it's called the masked singer because they all every celebrity that comes onto it uh creates kind of a persona and they make a full body costume. So, like, you literally look at that person and you have no idea. You have no way of guessing what it is. But it's still a singing competition. Um, and so they have to figure out a way to sing through these. Obviously, there's like a big mesh area where they can sing through, this, where they sing through the mask. And it's just, it's a competition. And it's gotten very fascinating and very interesting because a lot of the people are, are obviously singers. Um, but then some of the people either come out of the shell that you didn't know were big singers. And there's like so been some uh, pro athletes that have gone through it. Um, let me just give you some of the names of some of the people, some of the celebrities that have been on this show. Uh, uh, obviously, and if you go into the singer category, there's uh, Joey Fatone was on the show. Gladys Knight was on the show. Seal was on the show. Toya Jackson was on the show, Patti LaBelle. So obviously they're getting big-name singers, but then they get more of the actors. Uh, Margaret Cho was on it, uh, Kelly Osbourne was on it, um, Tori Spelling and Ricky Lake were both on it, and then occasionally you'll pull in uh, professional athletes. Uh, Terry Bradshaw was on it, uh, Antonio Brown was on it, and then you'll just get really weird people that you just wouldn't think of as a, as a singer, um, uh, Drew Pinsky was on it. Doctor Drew, uh, if you have anybody seen that, uh, Layla Ali, you know uh, Muhammad Ali's daughter was on it. Uh, Paul Schaefer, who was the musician for uh, David Letterman for so many years, did a character on it. But again, part of the fun is trying to guess who the person is behind the mask, and then every episode they'll give like clues i have like a little skit of a clue of you know this relates to this but they'll never like come out and say it and then they have the guest panelists who uh um, try to guess who it is and then the whole thing just comes down to an audience vote so, so yeah the part of the fun is just trying to figure out and guess who the person is and like i said before the costumes are really big they're really elaborate and you have absolutely no way of knowing who it is until they actually take off the mask unless you're really good at guessing the clues they give you yeah, it's a crazy format because it's the the costumes aren't just costumes for a lot of them. They look like those giant mascot things that like American sports events have or American schools have those big mascot costumes. It's you're not going to guess by looking at the people. And um, there's a I haven't seen the series. I've just seen a lot of people shared pictures and clips of them recording it when uh, the UK version for this went out. It started um, February this year over in the UK. Started last year, I believe, in the States. Um, but these are all franchised off versions of the King of Mars Singer series from Korea. And um, 
they've like successfully franchised this idea out to the rest of the world because it's this crazy mix of spectacle and mystery and just just craziness and the amount of effort they must put into every episode is um is insane and that's just based on the clips i've seen of it um but yeah we have a version of it over here in the uk and um we've got people like uh, jonathan ross and davina mccall and rita aura on our uh, panel of um of, of judges that try and try and guess and things and um i don't know if i want to watch it or not it just seems such a bizarre concept but it's certainly one that seems to be something that they can export to to every country and it just gets so much interest because it's just so bizarre yeah i like it because when you get the people that are not singers and it turns out they can sing really really well that's always a shock of how is this you know this person has a talent i've never heard of Obviously, somebody like uh, Joy Fatone or Patti LaBelle, you know they're really, really good singers because they've been singing their whole damn life. Mm. But then you get uh, somebody like Bella Thorne, who was a, a Disney kid, and then and they you know have a decent run on it. Or you get, like I said, Terry Bradshaw, who played American football back in the 70s and 80s, and now he's in a giant mask singing, and he's not a bad singer. <laughs> yeah, it's like taking things like The Voice one level further because it isn't just the judges that can't see who's singing it's the audience and the people at home as well and then rather than just putting them behind a wall i guess they just thought yeah you know we'll just put them in these ridiculous crazy costumes and then you've got a whole extra level of entertainment uh based on based on the costuming as well which look like you need to just google it if you've not seen it just google it and look at some stills of the crazy costumes and things they put together um because it's like they just um used a a random number generator and picked elements and um got these costumes out of storage somewhere and uh i i am kind of intrigued to watch it it's not the sort of thing i normally watch but as soon as that series hit here in the uk people just kept filming it and putting it up on twitter going what the hell is this (laughs) Yeah, it's it's one of those things that, it, I mean, they're all celebrities on some level. Obviously, they don't just pick random people off the street to do it. But these are all people that you take every ounce of their identity away from singer, actor, whatever. It just strips it all off, hides it under the costume, and literally the only thing that they can judge on is their voice. Now, obviously, the professional singers put a lot more effort into like the stage production for like the, the dancing because there's always semi-related to whatever song they're dancing they're singing to we'll have like band crowd dancers and things like that so there's always a little bit that's semi-related but it's very much who's the best singer based off of uh, the audience popular vote and obviously this is filmed all in advance and all completely done so it's never of you know we'll get to the live shows or whatever no there's no live shows there's just you sing or you go home uh, so that is the Mars Singer, uh, singer rather. Um, so that's where on in the US? It's on Fox on the US. Fox. I don't know okay. what that would tra- translate to, but that's like all your 24s, your Simpsons, things like yeah. that. Good stuff. Um, cool. Uh, where is it in the UK, um, Bex? Um, I think it's on ITV. Oh yeah, yeah. You said about yeah said about that before. That makes sense. They like to do those sorts of things. So. Uh, check that out on either of those. There's of course the ITV hub in the UK, and uh, go and check that out if you want to as well. Uh, was that all the shows you wanted to talk about? Um, yeah, that's all the ones I had. Cool. Um, I think that will do it for this episode of TV Talk. Uh, lots of shows we've recommended and also not recommended as well. So uh, ones to avoid and ones to go and watch. 
Uh, so check those out as well. Uh, but that is it for this episode of TV Talk. Thank you all very much for listening. Uh, thank you, Bex and Robert, for joining me today. Uh, you can, of course, find everything that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, for the rest of us as well, Bex is on Twitch. Uh, Trista Bytes, that's B-Y-T-E-S, on Twitch. Go and find her over there and click follow. Then you'll be notified of when she goes live, which is fairly regularly at the moment. So get involved with all that cool stuff over there. How's that been going, Bex? Your Twitch <laughs> yeah, it's it's been going really well at the moment. I'm attempting to stop myself and um, help a lot of other people not go stir crazy so as well as doing my normal videos up on the Tristan Bites YouTube channel uh, I'm now Twitch streaming every day um, sometimes much longer than intended we were streaming till 2 o'clock this morning last night and um, just doing a range of uh, playing sort of indie and retro games but also um, talking a lot about just fun nostalgic things to just take people's minds off it we spent four hours today talking about old 80s toys and things and going back down uh, just a memory lane at talking about pogs and transformers and teenage mutant ninja turtles and stuff like that and um yeah just trying to make a nice space for people to just pop along and and um, chat about stuff and put something on in the background when they're working from home and uh, i'm really enjoying that so far it's been really really lovely cool so that's trista bites b-y-t-e-s on twitch so go and follow her over there uh for entertainment talk of course we are on patreon as well uh please check that out there's the one dollar and three dollar level tiers that's for review options and ad free podcast options amazon affiliate link if you're shopping on amazon for different stuff we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra that's the affiliate link uh word of mouth you can simply tell people that you know about the website and the itunes feeds uh, about the entertainment talk stuff uh social media you can of course share them on facebook and on twitter and Bex usually puts up a notification of sorts uh, on Twitch as, uh, sorry, on Twitter as well when she's going to go live. So you can retweet that and support that over there as well. Um, it's Bex Trista on Twitter. I've forgotten your Twitter handle. It's Trista Bytes on everything. Bites. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and Twitch. There you go. So get involved over there as well. Uh, and of course you can put things in different Facebook groups as well if you can. Uh, for streaming, of course, uh, me, Bex, and David are on Twitch. Like we said, Trista Bites on Twitch. Uh, I stream some stuff when it actually works because I tried to do Life is Strange last night and it stopped working after five minutes. So, uh, but you can find me over there sometimes as well. Uh, for the main streaming stuff for me at the moment, uh, Mixer. That's for the FIFA streams for the crazy crazy stuff that's going on over there some things that do and don't work as well uh robert also streams sometimes on mixer as well so check that out and of course there's let's play sundays as well look out for the moss uh let's plays that are coming out as well that is everything for this episode uh thank you all very much for listening thank you both of you for joining me and we will see you next time watch zoe's extraordinary playlist we'll see you next time <laughs> goodbye bye bye <laughs>